Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Daniel. And this week, we're celebrating Louisiana Tech's 52-17 to victory over the North Texas Mean Green. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the reaction all of us can have. <laughs> I'll ask what should be a pretty easy no uh, question here. Evan, did Tech go and did Tech die? No, look, we, we did not go and also died, clearly. Uh, <laughs> no, of, of course, of course, in a game like this, uh, with a score like that, Tech obviously went and did not die. Yeah, it was it was a great showing for Tech. Really a dominant defensive performance. And the offense looked okay. Jamar had probably his worst game of the year. But, you know, we put 52 points on the board. So I'm not sad about it at all. If that's his worst game of the year, I'll take that any day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Daniel? Uh, like Evan said, it's pretty obvious. It was never any doubt that we did go and managed to not die. Yeah, I I guess I was less, I'm not sure if hopeful is the right word, but halfway through the game, right, halftime, it was 17 to 3. That's mm. good. Like, I'd be happy to be up 17 to 3 against a team I was pretty worried about going in. But from that point forward is really when this team dominated in the second half. We look at the stat sheet, Jamar didn't have the greatest night. ESPN gave him a 45.7 QBR, which at 0 to 100, so less than average from a quarterback. Justin Henderson only averaged 3.9 yards on the ground. Scored a couple touchdowns in there, which the graphics department of the stadium Facebook stream were really happy about. But (laughs) offensively, this was not a great game, yet we still scored 52 points. Granted, a lot of that was in garbage or almost garbage time. But still, to see this team not click and still be this productive is the opposite of Tech going and dying. Right. Yeah, and and I would even push back. I think we were dominating the game before halftime. It just wasn't showing up on the scoreboard, Uh, especially defensively. I mean, because Mason Fine only played, uh, if you didn't watch this game, he went out before the last series of the first half with some kind of a head injury, and he never came back. But really, while he was in the game, North Texas had drives of 18, 6, negative 3, 33, negative 4 yards. So, I mean, they weren't really doing much with him in the game either. And their only points came off of uh, an Adrian Hardy fumble in inside Tech's 30-yard line. So, And I mentioned Jamar's 45.7 QBR. Mason Fines, while he was still in the game, is 10.7. Wow. Whew. He went 8 for 15 for 48 yards. No picks, no touchdowns. That's 3.2 yards per throw. Yeah. That's not great. No. Yeah, even though the scoreboard didn't really reflect how much it felt like we should have been up at halftime, I got to hand it to North Texas defense in the first half because they were they were stopping us. There wasn't much we could do, forcing fumbles and making us punt. And it was a different story in the second half. But in that first half, they had me worried even with us up going to the locker room up 14 points. Yeah, Mason finds whole strategy as a quarterback, especially since they lost Rico Buck Bussy earlier this year, has been to to dink and dunk, you know, get those flat passes um and, and get those short out routes and let the receivers make plays in space. And Tech was ready for it. I mean he completed some throws, but he really wasn't able to look downfield. And on a couple the couple of times he did, they had a throw down to the three yard line that I think he probably caught, but they called it incomplete and didn't end up reviewing it. So that was on the first drive, I think, too. So that that could have made it a little bit different. I saw some North Texas fans talking about that. But 
Can we can we talk about Skip and the decision to go for it with two seconds left in the first half? I, I think that oh, was man. man. Is that not what we've been dreaming of? Yeah. All I can do is take back my criticism about that punt in uh, enemy territory a couple weeks ago where it was fourth and eight from the 40 something or whatever it was where i felt that skip was just way too conservative there going forward on fourth down on the final play of the quarter yeah knowing that that could be the big play of the game and having the well whatever was in daniel's gift that we posted for the halftime thoughts (laughs) having that to be able to say you know what no we're going for it here bring out the big bone bring out that formation (laughs) that we love to see and punch it in there I love it. I love it when a head coach can just go all out right there and make a gutsy call. Yeah, and I I wouldn't have even been mad about the decision to kick a field goal because you know what we're playing North Texas. We've been beating them, but like these guys can score quick. So go up two scores, get the get the ball back to start the second half, and I'm fine. But I love that call, and I love just saying like you know what? No, we're better than you. We have been dictating the pace of this game, and we're gonna we're gonna have the halftime score reflect that by scoring a touchdown on this play. And then obviously Henderson with the run to pull it off. So well, even bigger than Henderson, I don't think Henderson was that big of a deal there. And I gave oh yeah Bobby Holly credit in our halftime tweet, but that block let oh yeah Henderson walk in without contact without that block. That's probably a stop and the yeah. end of the quarter. Yeah. And they had a guy offside too, because that flag made me real nervous for a second. But yeah, good, just great, great call there. Well, looking back on it, I actually don't think it was Skip Holtz who made that call because during the timeout, Bailey Hale was out on the field and it kind of looked like from the stream that maybe Jamar had said like, hey, I think we got this. We should go for it. And, you know, I'm not entirely sure if that's the case, but it really looked like it was him kind of persuaded Skip to go for it. My thought was you send the kicker halfway out to make the defense think that that's what you want to do. And then yeah. kind of and just have it like, oh, yeah, no, we'll kick the field goal. And then you send them out. Then again, North mm-hmm. Texas had timeouts and they used one to come up with uh, what they wanted <laughs> to do to stop them. But still, yeah, who knows if that's Jamar calling it, if it's. Holtz calling it. Maybe Holtz just changed his mind. Maybe Bailey Hale thinks he knows Holtz well enough to think, oh yeah, he'll probably kick it here. I'll go ahead and head out there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's gamesmanship, right? To try to, like you said, make him think that we're doing something we're not. And I think he had every intention of going for it the whole time. And you know, obviously Jamar over there lobbying for going, but he's 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 the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's gonna do that every time. So I love seeing it. Don't get me wrong, but um, but yeah. So starting with that possession that kicked off, Tech's opening possession of the third quarter was an interception, and then after that they scored five straight touchdowns. I think that includes the pick six, but five straight touchdowns on possessions. And North Texas never had a prayer, even with Mason Fine in the game. If he had played the second half, they were not coming back once Tech put the pedal to the metal there. I just like looking at the box score, the scoring by quarter that shows up on every yeah. football game. First quarter, Tech, seven points. Second quarter, 10 points. Third quarter, 14 points. Fourth quarter, 21 points. I just wonder yeah. what would happen if this goes to five or six or seven quarters. How <laughs> exponentially there yeah but yeah and that point total was due to quite a few different players both offensive and defensively so we'll go ahead and say who we thought our player of the game was evan you want to start us off yes i forgot who i was going to give it to though so <laughs> no all right daniel you want to start us off all right so i'm gonna be like evan here and i i can't pick a specific player I'm going to have to give it to Skip Holtz because I have never seen a more complete team win as a Tech fan in my life. Nice. Have you thought of it, Evan? Yeah. um, So it's tough because 
Offensively, Adrian Hardy actually had the best game of any player. He had nine receptions for 104 yards, but he had that fumble that gave North Texas their only three points with, um, you know, the first team offense and defense playing. So I'm going to give it to uh, Ezekiel Barnett, who led the defense with seven tackles and one tackle for a loss. So, and, and he also had a pass breakup. So I'll single him out specifically so Nathan doesn't get on my case. Yeah, I'm about to get on your case anyway, because I kind of regret letting you go second, because I was exactly <laughs> about to bring up Adrian Hardy's. He really should be the player of the game, but the fumble was that big on the second play of offense. Yeah. First pass incomplete to Adrian Hardy. Second pass complete fumble recovered by North Texas. That granted, he still had a great night outside of that. And for the rest of the game, he was solid. But mm-hmm. that does kind of sour the taste of what would be a very good night for him. But what I want to give the player of the game to, just because, again, I feel like this is such a team effort here. There wasn't one player that stood out and took command of this game, really offensively or defensively. Not that I'm disagreeing with who you picked, uh, Evan. But I'm going to go ahead and give the player of the game to the backup quarterbacks. I guess I'll specifically pick Weston Elliott if I have to pick an actual player of the game and play by my own rules. Because (laughs) both came in in garbage time, and the backup quarterbacks have had a history of throwing an interception in garbage time. At least one of them, sometimes both of them. Just It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but to have both of them come in, they both completed at least a pass or both of them completed only one pass but it was to the right team this time yeah one for (laughs) one uh in a game that didn't matter by the time they enter the game or their performance didn't matter at least by the time they enter the game having them come in and not throw the ball away bodes at least well for the future yeah and a blowout that's really all you can point to i'll give a couple honorable mentions here to some other backups jawan johnson who is listed on our depth chart as a wide receiver uh he's a junior that just joined the team in fall camp apparently he was committed to go to cal and just never showed up and came here instead i guess during the bye week the coaches have really liked how he's been playing in practice so they were like let's get this guy on the field he's gonna get a red shirt but he came in at running back and really looked really really good on that last drive he scored the last touchdown so if you were wondering who the heck number 26 is that's uh the story there and then also want to give a shout out to deshaun hall who's a freshman outside linebacker that got his first action i believe and had a couple of good plays so Shout out to him, too. Yeah, Deshaun Hall had a tackle for loss to come in with zero or at least little game experience and, and make a yeah. presence now like that. It's pretty big. Yeah, and he had four tackles. So, I mean, even if he was only in, in garbage time, and it also says a forced fumble there. So, yeah, even if it wasn't garbage time, I mean, he's like sixth on the list or second on the list, actually tied for number of tackles in the game. So, good showing for him. Yeah, so does anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap up our recap of the North Texas game? Yeah, I want to... So we we normally record these immediately after the game, so we don't know about top 25 and all that stuff. But um, I think we kind of got hurt by those garbage time touchdowns. And so I'd like to make a plea to all of the top 25 voters. So North Texas ended up with like 340 yards of offense or something like that and 17 points. But before we put our backups in, they had 187 yards and three points. So really, we dominated the crap out of them. And I think you should have given us a little bit more love for that in the polls. But alas, you did not. So, And we all know that they listened to this show. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Since the ratings are already out and Tech does not have a number by their name, that next week will be the week that we finally crack that top 25. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, to take a quick break from football, we'll head into basketball. Tech competed, I guess is how you could call it again, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. They won that game 82-49. 
every single player that got on the floor for the Bulldogs, including some players you only see when the final score is 82 to 49, scored a bucket. Um, as usual, when there's a blowout that big, it's hard to judge a team or really take anything away from it. Xavier Christian didn't play, Amori Archibald didn't play, and Tech was still able to blow out a team. Granted, not a very good team, but still a Division One basketball team. Yeah, yeah, you you can say Tech competed. I'm not sure what uh, Tamu Tamuk did there, but Tamuk. Um, yeah, Tamuk. Um, that's awful. <laughs> we should. <cut> that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like you said, Nathan. I don't think there's much that we can learn from a game like that. We we learned that Tech has players that can score against a bad team. So I'm excited to see us play a much much better team this week, as as well as a much much worse team theoretically. Yeah, this week Tech plays against I believe it's a Division Two. two? Yeah, school in Wiley College. So another game that hopefully Tech blows out and hopefully something we can't gain too many lessons about. And then Tech takes on, do we ever decide if it was Creighton or Creighton? I think it's Creighton, but I could be way wrong. Well, Tech plays Creighton, who I looked it up in Massey. Massey ranks them 48th in the country. So that's no small feat going against that school there. So that one, we may actually be able to learn some lessons from. Where is Creighton? It's in Omaha, Nebraska. That's ah. where it is. Interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully the dogs can go out and uh, and have a good showing against an actually really good team. And it's not the opposite where we're like, well, Tech lost seventy-two to fifty, so we can't really learn anything from that either. And we haven't gotten to conference play yet, and especially in basketball, conference play is really the only thing that matters. Yeah. Tech is most likely not getting it at large this year, probably no matter what, especially with the schedule that we have, as we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams that they play, just straight the schedule is not going to be very good this year. So really, these games are tune-up games, win or lose. I want to say it doesn't really matter, but the competitor in me also hates saying stuff like that. Obviously, winning is better. But... Obviously, winning is better. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> But it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, at least until we start playing other Conference USA schools. One of those other teams that's not in Conference USA that Tech plays this year is Mississippi Valley State University. They've played Iowa State, Utah, and Central Michigan. The first game was against Iowa State. They lost 110-74. to Wait, in college basketball? In college basketball. <laughs> oh, man. They play today, recording date, uh, Sunday, November 10th. They played Central Michigan. They lost 134 to 78. What? what? Oh, no. <laughs> worst of all, they played Friday night on the 8th. They played wait, against. Th- wait, wait, wait. Did you say worst of all? Worst of all on oh both accounts, offensively and defensively. Oh, no. I almost want to make y'all guess, but I just want to say it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Guess so it's what? worse than 134? It's worse than 134 allowed. All right. I'm going to say one. 42 to 60. I'm going to say 158 to 43. I'm kind of in the middle. Utah won 143 to 49. <laughs> what? They almost won by 100. <laughs> They're D1, aren't they? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. There's actually highlights Yikes. available for that, that Utah game on YouTube that I'm going to link to in the show notes. And maybe, wow. I'm not sure if that counts as a tweet of the week, but it's something. They gave up more than 60 points in both halves against Central Michigan. Wow. That will be a home game for the dogs. I know the band likes to run around when they reach 100 points. I wonder if they'll have a chance to run around twice. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Another team that Tech will hopefully dominate 
is Marshall in football. You know, if we could get to 100, that'd be a pretty good day, <laughs> let yeah. alone 200. On the year, Marshall was 6-3, and 4-1 and one in conference USA play. They've won four straight conference games after dropping their opener to what really is a question mark in Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> They're in the East, so yeah. we don't get to see them very often, but they get to kind of lurk in the shadows over there. Yeah. Marshall will be pretty well rested after their second bye week. That was this past weekend. And they control their own destiny in the East, like Tech controls their own in the West. They've beaten the two other contenders in Western Kentucky and FAU, but they really have to beat Tech if they want to wrap up that Eastern division. Yeah. Uh, statistically, they score 62 point, not 62, excuse me. <laughs> that's not basketball. <laughs> 26.2 points per game and allow 24. So that's not really great in really either of those two categories. Yeah, and and so their offense has 225 passing yards per game, and they are led by Isaiah Green, uh, who's completing 60% of his throws for about 18, almost 1,900 yards for 12 touchdowns and six interceptions. People smarter than us have compared his development to Jamar's uh, early in his career. He he's just a sophomore, but people were really expecting him to be the next great Marshall quarterback, and it hasn't really materialized this year. So. Green isn't really uh, a Mason Fine type where he can win the game on his own. Yeah, and the receivers are a lot different than what most other conference teams run as well. The bulk of the receptions have gone to two tight ends, oddly enough. Whoa, is that legal? Yeah, I didn't know we're allowed to even put (laughs) tight ends on the field until this year. (laughs) Armani Levias is how I'm going to choose to pronounce his name, has 39 receptions and 442 yards. And Xavier Gaines has 23 receptions with 276 yards. If you only look at their receivers and pretend that tight ends don't exist, like Skip Holtz did for most of his tenure at Tech, <laughs> then the leading receiver is Brock Thompson with 17 receptions and 314 yards, but he has yet to score a touchdown. Yeah, so the main key to stopping Marshall, clearly their air attack is not really that potent compared to some other teams in the conference. So the key to stopping them is probably to focus on their running game, which averages 201 yards per game. That's 33rd in the country. And that running game is led by Brendan Knox, who has 833, 933 yards, excuse me, for eight touchdowns. He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry. So he's he's a very, very good back. Yeah. And then on defense, they're allowing 237 yards per game over the air and 134 on the ground and allowing, I think, as I said earlier, 24 points per game. Their leading tacklers are the linebacker Amari Cobb and Tavante Beckett. They also have sacks. Their sack leaders are Marquise Couch with 4.5, linebacker Tyler Brown also with 4.5, and Kobe Cumberlander with 3.5. That sounds like somebody who's from West Virginia. Yeah, it sounds like someone who just kept on wanting to add things to his last name. (laughs) Channing Hames, or Hams, or however you pronounce that again we should really check these things before especially i try to pronounce these he was (laughs) named preseason all-conference but he's yet to make an impact or really that big of an impact on the field yeah he's he's only got if i remember correctly like 20 tackles and sack or two but he hasn't made the kind of impact you would think a a preseason all-conference player would make i think he missed a couple games but He's played a bulk of the season, too. So in the first time in a while, Tech isn't actually favored to win this game. FPI gives Tech a 44% chance to win, Massey a 48% chance to win, and Vegas has sided with Marshall so far, thinking that the Thundering Herd will win by about three points. 
So how do you guys think that tech can defy the odds and pull this one out? All right. So this is a game that I originally predicted that we'd lose, but I'd say the best way that we can win this game is to really focus on stopping the run, add some extra linebacker help and not let them get anything done on the ground, force them to throw the ball. And I think it should make it a lot easier for us to win at least. Yeah. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I think I think Daniel's onto something there. I think Diaco will probably go with a bunch of four-man fronts um, like we've seen him do against run-heavy teams this season. And I, I think it's going to be cold. Nathan and I are actually going to the game, so we're keeping a closer eye on stuff like weather. And the high that day is 47 degrees. So luckily there's no rain or anything like last time. Wait, have we ever gone there before? I don't remember. Anyway, um, so what's telling to me is that these numbers, the FPI and Massey numbers you gave, jumped up about 9% on average after we shellacked North Texas. So uh, Marshall didn't do anything. They, they had a bye week. And so just that, that the fact that we murdered what should be an okay team gave the computer models a level of confidence in us that maybe even we don't have. But uh, um, I, I think for Tech to win this game, it's like Daniel said, key in on the run defensively. Isaiah Green's not going to beat you himself. They don't have the type of weapons to go to beat you over the top. And we've got solid DBs. So it's really going to be about the front seven. And then offensively, I think if we get back to our stride that we hit between the bye weeks um, with Jamar just you know, really, really being the rock star that we all want him to be, Marshall's not even going to have a chance. But the question is, can we do that? So um, I'd love to see Justin Henderson get going again. And, you know, Marshall's only allowing 134 rushing yards per game. So that may be easier said than done. But I think this one's going to be on the offense to put up the points because Marshall's not scoring enough points to beat Tech if we play even close to our potential, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the weather also plays a pretty big impact on how this game can go. When it's cold, you tend to not be able to catch the ball as well. The passing game becomes a little bit less effective. Not saying you can't pass the ball. It's not the same as if it was raining or hopefully not snowing, hopefully. <laughs> but you want to be able to keep the ball on the ground. And this past week, Henderson had an off night. Tucker had a really great night himself. But Tech can win this game if they can get the ground game going, which I feel like I say this every week. I feel like just run the ball and we'll be fine. If we can run the ball, we'll do well. But it's true again. If Tech can run the ball, they can win this game. But Let's see what happens, or let's see what we think can cause Tech to lose this game. So for us to lose, I think Evan kind of touched on this a little bit. If our offense kind of stalls out the way it did yesterday at the beginning of the game and as well as it did versus Rice earlier, in the game, and we're dropping passes and we're not uh, – the throws aren't exactly accurate, It's we're going to have a tough time and Marshall can make us pay for it. Yeah, Evan? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, basically – not getting going offensively. And I, I really think in this game, I just looked up to see what Marshall's average time of possession is. And it's actually lower than Tex, which surprises me a little bit since they play in such low scoring games. I thought maybe that was how they were keeping opponents down, but they're they're averaging 30 minutes a game and Tech is averaging 31. So clearly Tech is putting up, we got to be putting up close to 40 points a game right now and in those 31 minutes of possession. So I, I think the key is if we're going to lose is to have turnovers and mental mistakes and stuff like that, that we really haven't seen this team make a lot of this year, but we're all kind of like waiting for it. So yeah, I, I think an easy way for Tech to win this or to lose this game sorry, is 
basically not to go. We always start with did tech go and did tech die? And I've kind of defined that go question as did they show up early or at least show up well enough to, to put up a fight early in the game. And this is a short week with one of the longer travels this Tech football team has all the way to West Virginia to take on Marshall. And also coming off a pretty big win and a win that you weren't super successful in, but still scored a lot of points. That's not the easiest thing to get over. Not the easiest thing to show up and just be ready to go the next week in a completely different environment and completely different weather after a long flight on a short week trying to get ready for, I'm not sure where Tech is in their final schedule anymore, but dealing with school things too around this time of year also seems to affect the Bulldogs. Uh, I believe this week is finals week, isn't it, Daniel? It is, but finals are over on Wednesday, I think. So, But that still hurts your prep time. Yeah. yeah. That still hurts you in practice and other places like that, trying to make sure that you do well in school. You know, the whole reason you're really here. <laughs> I am here to play school. Yeah, but you have to play school. So that's <laughs> an important part of the student athlete thing. That's not something that Marshall has to deal with. They're also playing on a short week, but they're playing at home. It's not even a short week. They're coming out of a bye. So if Tech isn't able to get going early, I won't be surprised. But if Tech isn't able to force their way back into the game and keep it close at least until the end, then things can go awry pretty quickly. So we've kind of said how Tech can win and how Tech can lose. But which one do we think Tech will do? Daniel, do you see Tech win or losing? Uh, well, originally, I did say Tech would lose earlier in the season, but, you know, I think we're riding this momentum wave we're on, so I'm going to say Tech wins and it will be close. Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be a lower scoring than normal. I'm going to say 32 to 27. All right. Everything you said, Nathan, makes a lot of sense, but I think that Skip this week will be hammering home the fact that we did not play up to our potential and that... You know, even though this game was never close in the second half, like it, we made mistakes. We had a lot of penalties that are that were uncharacteristic. We had, you know, some drop passes. Uh, I, I think what you said makes sense, and it would be easy for us to see Tech come out flat, go down fourteen nothing, and not be able to come back from because they had that short week and they're tired and it's cold and yada yada. But I I feel different about this team. I'm drinking the Kool Aid, and I'm gonna say Tech win 38 to 24 and i don't think it'll be that close i think tech is a better team straight up so that's my prediction yeah daniel mentioned the the momentum tech has but marshall also has a bit of momentum going for him they're on a four-game winning streak we brought that up earlier they've lost to boise state who's ranked cincinnati who they're also ranked yeah yeah so that's why tech is predicted to lose it's three points that's basically home field advantage is what's the deciding factor here. Last week, I kind of thought that it would be a shootout between Tech and North Texas, and it started out not a shootout. But near the end, I mean, Tech scored 52, so you can kind of call it whatever you want to call it. But I still see the same thing happening here. I think Tech can score a lot of points, even on bad nights. I think that Marshall can score points, but I don't see their offense being as productive as Tech's will be Friday night. Um, I'm. I want to say something similar to what Evan said. I want to pick Tech to score 41 again, as I did last week, because that seemed to go pretty well as a lucky charm. But <laughs> I'm trying not to just say I'm drinking the Kool Aid either, right? No, I mean the the Kool Aid. It, yeah, it's not just like having rose colored glasses or blue and red colored glasses, because the team has won eight straight games. 
So yeah, they played it off game and one handily. So that's really that's yeah. what I keep going back to as a this team is good because even when they're bad, they're good. So yeah, I'll say Tech wins forty one to. I'll say Marshall puts a scare in late. I'll say forty one thirty five. Even though oh. I think that's Marshall outperforming a little bit. That's I think Tech having a decent game and Marshall having an amazing game between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna lose like forty two to nothing. Yeah, or something. <laughs> Uh, Evan, you have a tweet of the week? Yeah, so uh, this is not pertaining to Tech for once, other than the fact that it's our two hated rivals played a game this week, UAB and Southern Miss, and we really needed Southern Miss to win because we hold the tiebreaker over them for the conference division title. And so basically UAB, if they were to win and then beat us, they would have the tiebreaker over us. But now that they've lost... It's it's more likely for us to win the division, basically. So we were cheering for Southern Miss, even though we hate them. Anyway, Southern Miss won 37 to 2. That's right. To the, two. The vaunted UAB Blazers scored two points in the game. Uh, now, I'll give them their quarterback was out. So any UAB fans listening, um, I don't know. Don't tweet at us as angrily as no, you normally no, do. Tweet like, us. We told you so. We told you. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, their quarterback wasn't playing. That wasn't their best effort. But... Yeah, they they <laughs> finally played a worthy opponent and crumbled. So tweet at me. So anyway, before the game, the UAB like equipment account or something tweeted out a picture of their guys like smiling on uh, the field in Hattiesburg and said, like, we run Hattiesburg for the next 24 hours or something. So after the game, Jack Abraham and Jalen Adams and all these Southern Miss players were quote tweeting that and like laughing and saying like, oh, really? you know, or whatever. And so then these two UAB defensive backs got on Twitter and started like calling these guys out and being like, Oh, what you did though. And it's like, we won 37 to two. That's what I did. Like, so I guess their point was like, well, I shut you down, Mr. Wide receiver, but you lost 37 to two. What are you doing? Talking trash on Twitter. I don't understand it at all. Then again, I don't understand much about UAB fans or players or whatever. So That, and then you add in the UTEP players showboating after moderately sized plays a couple weeks ago, and I guess I just don't understand the sport anymore. (laughs) Real quick, I'll just just give a contest update. So Caleb Basinger and Taylor Young are currently leading the contest tied with 122 points. The top 10 is all really close, so everyone's still in it. Um, And also shout out to Lance P for winning uh, yet again. That's the second week in a row, so... Everybody else needs to get in there and uh, make sure he doesn't make it a three-peat next week. But um, also, if you are a UAB fan, hate listening to this podcast, which I know that some of you do. Hi, Ben. Kegel. Um, (laughs) Get ready to participate in the contest when we play UAB because we will have a special prize for the highest scoring UAB fan. We'll have more on that in the coming weeks, but just be ready for it. So. And the highest scoring UAB fan in the contest will probably still score more points than UAB does on the field. <laughs> hey, if they scored two against Southern Miss, does that mean one against us? Is that possible? I don't I don't know. Let's let's do the math real quick. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for the GoTech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. And you can also read our uh, blog at gtpdd.dog. That's where we have the contest and our silly writing and stuff like that. So be sure to check that out as well. (laughs) And until next time, if there is a next time. (laughs) I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. 
And I'm Daniel. And go tech, please don't die. Please, 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 because <laughs> we'll be there. Please. Please. <laughs>